Welcome to Loving People to the Cross. I'm Pastor Tom Crandall. I'm so excited that you've joined us today. I hope and pray that this word from the Lord encourages you and uplifts you in your spirit. And I hope it draws you to walk closer with Him. Remember, after the podcast, stick around for one more message from me, your host, Pastor Tom Crandall. God bless you, my friend. Share something with y'all. The night that I gave my life to Jesus, got in Carrie's car, and she had it on K-Love. And that is the very first song I heard as a brand new believer. And that song holds such a special place in my heart to this day. So thank you for that. Matthew chapter 6, I, I didn't get with Mason. We didn't, we didn't conspire, if you will. Um, the Holy Spirit just knows what He's doing. Amen. And this morning, Matthew chapter 6, I'm going to focus in on one verse. And this morning we're talking about plugging in to the power of prayer. And I find it unique that oftentimes that we forget that our prayer life is so real that we forget to tune everything else out. Jesus gave simple instructions throughout this chapter. He starts out with giving them instructions on how to give. And then He says, hey, here's the instructions on prayer and fasting. And I think a lot of times as we look at this chapter, we find something unique here in this one verse. And I don't think it really hits us. We talk about it. We've we've kind of mentioned it. And we often look at that secret place, that prayer closet, that, that place of retro misplacement, if you will, in our lives that we forget sometimes that that quiet place, that, that place of prayer, is a place where nobody else can get in the way. It's just you and God. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 6, it says simply this, But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, when thou hast shut, excuse me, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to the Father which is in secret, and thy Father which is seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. And I think a lot of times we forget that going into that prayer closet, going into that place of solitude, that place of quietness, simply means sometimes tuning everything else out. I go into my prayer closet, and I've shared with y'all many times where my prayer closet is, so I don't have to worry about being disturbed. I go into that bathroom, I shut that door, and I just sit in the floor sometimes, and I talk to God for hours. I remember the first time when I decided that I, when I didn't decide, I realized that I needed that prayer closet. I get up and I go in that bathroom and I shut the door and I look around and I'm like, this is going to have to work. This is going to have to work. And I remember I sat down in the floor, if you will, and I, I set my Bible in front of me and I began to weep. And I was so embarrassed. And Carrie will tell y'all I'm a big baby. And I began to cry. And I was so embarrassed that I was crying. I didn't even know why I was crying. Anybody ever done that? Amen. It's okay. So I reached over and I turned the shower on. Because I didn't want to hear nobody hear me sobbing like a two-year-old baby. But then I come to a realization that when Jesus says, come to me with the faith of a child. Amen. That's when we go to Him and we say, I don't know what I need, but I know I need you. There's nothing else I can do. I've done everything I know to do, but I need you. I need you more now than ever. And I remember that night so real in my life that it didn't matter anymore. Now, I'm going to do something a little different. I'm glad y'all have got one of these. 
Because sometimes it's better to just get up close and personal. Amen? When we pray and we spend time with the Father, sometimes it's best just to tune everything else out. Turn the cell phone off. Turn the TV off. And just let it be you and Jesus. The power of prayer and plugging into the power of prayer. I want to share a testimony with y'all this morning, several testimonies of the power of prayer and what we have seen it do in our lives. We was in Memphis, Tennessee. Carrie and I had probably had one of the biggest arguments we ever had. And I know she gets tired of me telling the story, but it's true. She was not happy with me that day. She had every reason not to be happy with me that day. And we go to the mall. Now, let me tell y'all something. I love praying for people now, but that ain't always been a, a, you know, one of those things that I've done. I was not a peace, people person at the time. I hated being in crowds. And we went to that mall in Memphis, and I was not happy about being at the Memphis Mall. There's too many people. My motto's always been, if it's not enough to keep my eyes on, it's one too many. I want to be able to see what everybody's doing around me. I don't like a bunch of people behind me. I mean, it's just, and you men understand that, I'm sure. It's just a man thing. You don't want a bunch of people behind you. And we was walking through that mall that day, and I was angry. And I'll never forget, the Holy Spirit tugged at my heart and said, in the midst of your anger, I'm going to show you my power. I'll never forget that as long as I live. In the midst of your anger, I'm going to show you the glory of my power. And I thought, huh? Walked by the Verizon store in the Memphis Mall, and the Holy Spirit said, go in. I did not need a phone. Amen? I was like, what am I going to do here? I, I don't need a phone. And I go in, and there's a guy standing behind the counter. And out of nowhere, I said, man, can I pray for your shoulder? And I'm thinking in the back of my head, why am I praying for this guy's shoulder? Your daughter and your soon-to-be son-in-law are going in reverse on the parking lot. I don't know if they're okay or not. But I said, why do I need to pray for this guy's shoulder? I don't understand what's going on here. So I simply said, hey, man, what's going on with your shoulder? First of all, that's not what the Holy Spirit instructed me to do. Amen? I said, pray for his shoulder, not ask questions. And I said, so what's going on with your shoulder? And he said, man, I messed it up. And he tells the story of how he messed his shoulder up. And I said, well, can I pray for your shoulder? And he says, sure. And I said, Father God, I thank you that you are who you are. And I thank you for the healing power of the cross. Lord, I just ask you to touch his shoulder in the name of Jesus. Amen. Simple prayer, right? Simple. Nothing hard about that. We exchange phone numbers and, and I get in the car and, or, well, let me back up. First, I go, Carrie, I've got to show you something. And she's like, what do you want? Now, remember, she was not happy with me. So I grab her by the hand and drag her into the Verizon store. And she's like, we don't need no phones. I'm like, I know. Just listen. And I have this guy tell her this whole story. And she looks at me and goes, huh. Now, she was not on board with this at first. I wasn't either. I didn't even know realize what was going on. We get in the car and we get home. About two days later, I get a phone call, a text message. And it's the guy from the Verizon store. He was supposed to go have surgery on his shoulder two days after this. And they had lost his MRI 
and his x-rays. So they had to do it all over again. Now, keep in mind, he wasn't in a sling. He wasn't in any kind of brace. Nothing obvious there. And I'm thinking, what in the world? And he says, man, so they redone all that yesterday. And they called me this morning and said, there's no need for shoulder surgery. There's nothing wrong with my shoulder. Y'all, I shouted like a three-year-old little kid at a candy store. I was like, whoa! I mean, it was just amazing. Then I thought I could pray for everybody and see stuff, you know? And somebody asked me one time, they said, when you pray for people and nothing happens, what do you do? I said, you keep praying. Because it's not about us. There's nothing that we do. We continue in the power of prayer. Jesus said when you pray, go into that secret place, close that door, and be alone with Him. Spend time with Him. It's not about our words. Amen? It's not about how much we know. It's not about how well we can speak. It's not about what we say or what we do or how many times a week we do it. It's not about our reputation of prayer. You know, I've heard people often, and they I've been to a lot of different churches and preached a lot of different events. And usually the pastor will meet you at the door, and you always ask these three questions. Who do I need to call on for prayer? Who do you want to have help with invitations? Things of those nature. And I remember every pastor that I've encountered says, you don't want to call on brother so-and-so. And I'm thinking, well, why don't they want to call on him? So I did it one night. I'm that guy. And I could see the pastor's face get red. And he looked at me and I thought to myself, I'm never coming back here. And they began to pray. And about 20 minutes in, everybody was in tears. And I said, what's wrong with that? What, what's wrong with that? He didn't pray nothing difficult. And in all honesty, he never really just prayed anything for a long period of time. It was more silence than it was anything. And the pastor looked at me and he said, that's why we don't call on him. I was like, so y'all forget sometimes that it's okay to be still and know that he's God. It's okay to be still and know that he's God. It's okay to get in that secret place and really not have no idea what to say and just sit there. I'm going to ask you a personal question this morning. Do not raise your hand. If you do, that's between you and God and totally up to you. When's the last time you just cried and talked to God? I heard that. That's awesome. Because yesterday I did too. You know, sometimes it's okay just to, just to sit there and not say a word. Remember as a kid when I was growing up, my dad always say, son, because as y'all know, I'm a big talker. Did y'all know that? My dad looked at me one time and he said, son, silence is a virtue that you do not have. <laughs> and that compliment I have carried with me my whole life. But I want you to know that it's okay sometimes just to get alone with God. The power of plugging into prayer will set you in a different motion that you've never been in before. Men, let me tell you this. If you want to see things in your family happen, start plugging into prayer. Spend time with Jesus. Look, a lot of times I get to drive a lot and I don't have to pay for the gas, so that even helps a lot more. Amen? But I spend a lot of time talking to Jesus. I spend more time praying during the day 
than what I think I spend talking. And that's hard for some of you to believe. It's okay. I understand. But the power of prayer takes you into a place that says, I need Jesus more than I need anything else. Your job will not satisfy you. Money will not satisfy you. Hunting will not satisfy you. It's temporary enjoyment. All of these things are temporary. But your relationship and your salvation is eternal. And if we can't talk to Him here, what are we going to talk to about there? You know, it's going to be filled with praises and glory. Could you imagine being in the presence of Jesus going, I really don't know you because I never talked to you. You don't hear an audible voice. I had a person one time said, man, I wish I could I could hear the Holy Spirit like you do. I was like, it's simple. Sometimes you just got to be quiet. And you know, that guy looked at me and said, you're actually quiet. I didn't know whether to be offended or take that compliment and run with it. But plugging into the power of prayer will take you to places you've never been before. Spiritually, physically, mentally. It will give you an aspect of understanding who God's called you to be. Because when you're still and you're quiet and you're not worried about anything else but listening to the voice of the Father. Jesus said, My sheep will hear and obey My voice and the stranger's voice they will not follow. Why are we constantly following the voice of the world? This new movie's out. Let's go see that. This new book's out. Let's read that. I'm not saying anything's wrong with books. Don't take me wrong. But we can spend more time doing everything else but worshiping Jesus. We can find reasons not to be here today. Let's think about that for a moment. We could, couldn't we? We could really find a thousand reasons not to be at church today. We can find a thousand reasons on why we got too busy. We didn't have time to pray. I had a man ask me one time, he said, have you ever forgot to pray? Yeah. Have you ever forgot to read your Bible? Yeah. Well, what'd you do different? I put me out of the way and put him first. If he's first in my life, what else do I have to lose? I will lose myself to follow him. That's Scripture, amen? Jesus said, if you want to be my disciple, you'll deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. Denying yourself is the biggest portion of your prayer life, is getting over yourself, over your pride, over your own ambitions, and over your own anxieties, and just sitting down and talking to Jesus. It's this simple. As I'm talking to you this morning, it's this simple. It's nothing complicated about prayer. I remember I asked somebody one time as I was in Walmart, and I'm a weird little guy in case y'all hadn't noticed. It's okay to amen that, Tater. <laughs> we was in Walmart, and this guy walks by me one day, and he has this T-shirt on that says, Jesus is King. And I was like, ching, ching. So I get to talking to this guy. He's not even a Christian. I'm like, hmm, that's neat. So we continue to talk. And I said, man, let me ask you this. Is there anything I can pray for you over? Man, I don't need no bleeping prayer. Oh, come on, man. There's got to be something. I mean, just simplicity of conversation. I mean, we don't become buddies at this point. We was talking about TVs. I didn't need a TV either. 
And he says, man, you know what? Yeah, there, there's some things I could probably use some prayer over. And I shared the gospel with him before we prayed. My wife will tell you right there in the middle of Walmart, we watched a man give his life to Jesus. In the middle of Walmart. We weren't even in the grocery aisle. Eggs were not that expensive yet. Y'all, this is a lifestyle. This just isn't something that we do once a week or twice a week. The power of prayer is a lifestyle. This is where it starts. This is where your relationship with Jesus flourishes. You want to be radical for Jesus? You want to be on fire for Jesus? Let me ask you this, those that work, all you young folks, and if you consider yourself young, that's okay too. Don't throw a book at me, okay guys? Calm down. Everybody in this room, how many of you go to work every day and people that you work with and surrounded with know that you're a Christian? How many of you, every day, everywhere you go, people see the love of Jesus shining through you? And we all do, right? We all hope that they do. It's not being arrogant. It's not being cocky. It's not being boastful in ourselves. To live a life worthy of the calling, it's a lifestyle. And it starts with the power of prayer. If you plug in a vacuum cleaner to a receptacle that's not wired to anything, does it come on? It's got to be wired. It's got to be plugged in. It's got to have current running through it. Why would we plug people into us if we're not plugged into Jesus? If there's nothing running through us, what else do we have to lose? There are times in our life that we forget. There's times that we even think about it. There's times in our life we sit down to eat a meal. How many of us pray before we even eat? We all do, right? Or we should. And we get that McDonald's bag out and we put that Big Mac down and we say, Lord, thank You and let this food be the nourishment of our body. Amen. I'm not being funny. I'm being serious. This is a topic I take very, very serious. I take them all serious. Don't get me wrong, but I'm very, very serious about this topic. And here's why. Because it changed my life. When I realized that I was called to preach, I would pray, Lord, just give me a message that the people need to hear. Lord, thank you. Amen. Hey man, can you pray for me? Sure, I sure will. Have a great day. I'll be praying for you. Hey man, can you pray for me? Absolutely. Let's do that right now. It will change the way you live your life. Some people are okay with the way they live their life. Some people are okay with the way they do things. That's fine. That's between you and God. But I pray that even now as I speak that the conviction of the Holy Spirit hits your heart if you're not in line with Him in your personal walk. Because it is the power of prayer that takes us further and deeper into a more intimate relationship with Jesus. And somewhere along the way, the church folks, that be us, everybody raise your hand, that's all us, okay, have forgot the unique power of prayer. Did you know that 98% of people today are praying for the first time in their life? 
Did you know there's a big percentage of people that are going to church for the first time today? Have you ever thought that there are people right now at this very moment taking their last breath all around the world? Another unique statistic. 11 people an hour die of an overdose. 11 an hour. Well, they've got to want help. Stop it. Well, they need help. Stop it. They need people that will step out off the pew and pray for them right where they're at in their mess. You know how many people I have seen this week bound to addiction this past week? A lot. And you know what they tell me? I've tried everything to get right, to get clean. I've tried everything. You know what breaks my heart the most? Is when I say, have you tried Jesus yet? You know what they tell me? No, I'm not a religious person. Jesus wasn't either. Prayer not only changes things, but it causes things to happen. When Remember, how many of y'all know somebody that when they pray, things happen? Remember when you first got saved? You gave your life to Jesus. You were excited. You were on fire. You had this zeal in you. And you pray, and it seemed like every time you pray, something happened. It's not that you've lost focus. It's that you've lost your zeal. Your zeal to pray. Your zeal to spend time with Jesus. Because that's where it starts. That's where it's at. I'm going to do something a little different this morning. I told y'all I'm different. Amen? I'm going to ask Mason if he'll play that track one more time. Everybody stand with me. Hey, it's Pastor Tom. I hope and pray this message touched your heart. And maybe even today you're asking yourself, do I know Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior? You know, oftentimes in life, we find ourselves in the mix of life. And life is hard. It's difficult. But if you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, and today you say, you know what? I want to do that. I want to accept Jesus. I want to know Him on a more intimate level. If that's you, my friend, today I want to pray with you. Simply just pray this. Father God, I know I'm a sinner. I ask you to send Jesus to come and dwell in my heart and to be the Lord of my life. I know that I'm in need of a Savior, and without Him, I would be nothing. Amen. My friend, today, if you prayed that prayer, I want to hear from you. You can email me at pastortomcrandall at gmail.com. I want to hear from you. I want to send you a Bible. I want to send you some, some information on how to continue to walk with Christ. I love you, my friend. All the angels in heaven are rejoicing with you. God bless you.